Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Kokoro Movement Podcast. On this episode, we have the ultimate lady badass, Coach Paige. We had a great conversation. I'm just going to jump right into it. But first, a message from Dr. Kelly Sturette. For your listeners, we have created it's the readystate.com slash Kokoro Movement. We've got we've got something for you. You know, we have if you just want a two week on ramp crash course, full access to everything. We'll give that to you for two weeks. Come come see how we're solving the problems. Take steal what you like. You know, leave the rest behind. You know, keep speaking your own movement language. All right, my friends, there you have it. Please take advantage of that free two week offer from TheReadyState.com. And now I present to you, Coach Page, the ultimate lady badass. You know, I've only done one podcast yeah, right. interview in person, and uh, all the rest of them have been just on Zoom. And there's some times where it's super rad, and then there's other times where it's just really kind of not good. But uh, we're going to make it work. Yeah. 50-50. Right We've got a 50-50 chance with this, Jesse. <laughs> I know. 50-50 chance with everything. <laughs> right on. So let's, uh, let's give everybody a background yeah, right. of who you are and what you do. Oh, okay. Yeah. My name's Paige, Coach Paige, otherwise known as Ultimate Lady Badass. Um, I am a movement specialist and strength coach. Um, been doing this now for almost 10 years, a good, a good 10 years, I'd say. Um, I kind of got, it's, it's funny the way I got started was actually, I mean, I, I did not, I didn't go to school for kinesiology or exercise science. This really wasn't my major. In fact, I went to college and thought I was going to be a graphic designer. Um, so I kind of have uh, a degree in graphic communications and arts. Um, but as I had an opportunity to move out to the beautiful state of Arizona, um, I kind of transitioned and realized that like that really wasn't what I was truly passionate about. So I had a, a moment where I just kind of wasn't even sure what I wanted to do. Um, but my mom had put me in all sorts of different sports growing up. I was very active coming out of the Midwest. Soccer was probably the mate, the one of the most popular sports. Um, that was the one I played the longest. So um, after being out in Arizona and kind of getting into hiking and really exploring the land and nature, um, which is also something I, I really love, um, I kind of realized that like maybe I could help people with fitness because I was pretty well versed in the gym and had some experience there. So um, I started off with getting my personal training certificate way back when um, through NASM. And over the last, you know, like I said, 10 years, I've just continued my education and continued. I I'm, have a natural thirst for now. I'm definitely kind of one of those that would describe myself as a forever student. And I have a general fascination with how the body works. Um, and I have an innate 
nurturing um, component to me that I just really want to help people not not hurt, right? Like just um, seeing how much, especially with um, with nowadays, how much stress people have been dealing with and had to deal with in last you know over the last year um, since this whole um, situation with this virus and whatnot has kind of um, really put a magnification um, on our law and things like that. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where I've gotten to be where I'm at now. I'm in North Scottsdale in Arizona, just like you're in flag, um, operating at a place called, called premier fitness systems. And, uh, we specialize in helping people perform at a high level. So we work with a lot of, um, professional athletes, um, elite, elite, um, players, not only in golf, um, specifically, that's probably the majority of our clientele. Um, but also, um, MLB, NFL, um, UFC, my boss has, um, a couple of UFC fighters that he's trained with and, and yeah, that's yeah. kind of it in a nutshell, I think. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good nutshell. And we're very <laughs> similar to where, um, this has been a recurring theme in my life and my practice, but the, the level of education that I truly want to attain is like, so we live in this age of information where you can learn literally anything you want and you can follow the right people and you can, those right people can push you towards the right education that is literally at the forefront of the understanding of human beings as a whole. And like, I'm a massage therapist and a strength coach and the, the frustrating thing for me is that there's people, there's a majority that are really, really happy with just the baseline of knowledge. And it's just so frustrating to me where it's just like, you know, like my favorite, one of my favorite Jordan Peterson quotes is like, if you're going to do something, why not just do it better? You know what I mean? And so like, I feel like the education piece is yeah. so important. Well, you know, and I think to me, that always tells you a lot about just characteristics and, uh, you know, what people's priorities are. Like some individuals, they might feel comfortable in their career because it's making the money that they want. Maybe they want to make more money, but it's just about that, right? Like it's just about the money thing. Maybe they're bought into the idea that more money equals happiness. So they're only going to figure out how to make maybe their sales process better. But like you and I, we identify with the kind of person that wants a job or a career, let's say, or wants to earn a living in a way that has a sense of fulfillment. And with the fulfillment, that means actually truly caring in this case about my client or my customer and whether or not the product or service that I'm delivering is of high quality. And if you want to deliver that and you're trying to create value, um, then you care about and having a bunch of tools and, and solutions in your back pocket. That's what you, and then you, hopefully then, <laughs> hopefully then you build a business that is based on referral, based on understanding that like, yes, Jesse, Jesse like helped me run that marathon. If I didn't, if it wasn't for Jesse, I'm not sure that I would have been able to, you know, make it past the finish line. They're, they're hard, right? There's your business marketing. There's your advertising right there is the level of service that you're providing your customer client speaks for itself. 
So, you know, that's, it's where I take my mind when I think about educating and wanting to learn more. It's because I truly care about wanting to help my client and I want to be able to provide the solutions and I want to, I want to help them. I don't want them to be in pain. I want them to get strong. I want to, I want them to do it safely or I want resources to give to them when I know I don't have the answer, you know, yeah. like finding other people like yourself in other places. And I can't be in all places at one time. And you think, oh yeah, because of virtual and everybody's so kosher with like <laughs> the internet and, 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 um, you know, doing more online stuff. I have a true belief that I don't think you, you can truly replace me with a robot in essence. Like I, I'm still in the mindset of like, humans need human touch, humans need human interaction. So it behooves me to network and know somebody in South Carolina, North Carolina, Montana, anybody else of my similar mindset or capabilities. That's the way if a client moves away, they're on vacation, I can go, hey, you're going to go up to flag, maybe check out Jesse, he might have some classes over the weekend. He's a fantastic therapist, as well as strength coach. I would go to his facility if I, I was in Flagstaff. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's a that's another um, very beneficial part of that education, right? Is like si- people with similar mindsets and similar drive are coming from all over the world and all over the United States to that same education course, and so you know that you're of the same mindset because they're there. You know what I mean? So, like, you start to make. Mm-hmm. friends yeah. and connections all over the United States and even up like into Canada and and you can just start to be like oh you're going here I know a person there you know what I mean I like it's just yeah so wildly beneficial more than just even the acquisition of knowledge you know yeah oh yeah 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 that's why I used to love I mean I love doing in-person, the workshops, the all-day weekend workshops that you'd go to or the all-day weekend um, certifications. To me, I also really got a boost of being social and networking and and exchanging business cards with other people and just kind of nerding out on all that stuff too. Yeah. Like I remember at the last time I did one of my NKT down yeah. here in Tempe, um, all of us girls, some of us girls got out and went out and, and had dinner afterwards and just couple of the one of the gals is from California and I don't know it was just it was so nice to um to continue to develop a friendship and relationship and and, and nerd out on all those things <laughs> neurokinetic yeah. therapy related <laughs> no so good and I uh I just assisted uh the level two like two weekends ago and it's just so much fun just helping people kind of get that light bulb you know what I mean and you can also like predict when their brain, there's just a point in like every course where your brain's just like, that's it. That's all I got. I have nothing left. Yeah. And so kind of being able to predict when they're going to hit that point and kind of help them, you know, push them through to the end of the day is just, it's so uh, fulfilling to me to, you know, understand how pivotal that education course was for me and just understanding how, so beneficial it could be for somebody else and just helping them get that that understanding so that they don't just give up because a lot of you know I've I've done especially neurokinetic therapy I've done a lot of neurokinetic therapy courses with a lot of different therapists who just get overwhelmed with the amount of information and just don't even try it and it's just so sad 
because it's such a yeah. it's such a game changing modality just to even have a better understanding of if yeah. this fails, then this is what's doing the work. And that's probably why this person's in pain. And so we need to structure their training around that for a short period of time in order to get the real muscle groups back on track and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, it's tough. It's tough to take in if it, if, if, if you've, got, if you've ever gone to continuing education course, and I feel like this could apply to even like a hairstylist who asks to keep up with her education, understanding like the trends in the industry as well too, you know, when color became super popular, it's just like anytime you're trying to learn something new or add a, a new concept into something that you're already doing, you know, each person's going to learn it based on, you know, their previous conditioning, understanding experiences, et cetera, et cetera. So it always, it, it's always interesting to see which people can really take it in within that eight hour day. And what people are like, oh my gosh, I need to sit with this information for a few more weeks. Yeah. You know, I definitely, I, I think that that is what is the hard part about sometimes like a weekend thing where, yeah, you're trying to learn, learn it, but most of the learning comes when you actually start trying to create a hands-on application. Like when you are trying to integrate it into how you're already working with people or, or whatnot, you know, that's where I, where I really love collaboration and I love the idea even with NKT of being able to do um, little study groups, right? Yep. Like afterwards and being able to like jump on like a group call with everyone and practice your stuff or how they give you like kind of homework and how to, how to go about passing like your level one exam. Yeah. So, especially with level you know, it's, one, it's yeah. tough, especially in today's, today's day and age where we are bombarded, bombarded by distraction everywhere you know, we've gone into a society where it's like lights, camera, act like, you know, I was just at the gas station the other day. I don't know what, whichever one it is. And it really bothers me that they always, as soon as you start pumping your gas, you know, on the video screen, they're like having a commercial or some lady like talking to you. And I'm like, I don't really, <laughs> I don't need yeah. to be sold anything right now. I don't want to be, I don't, I don't, in fact, to me, like a lot of times it's really hard to filter out all the noise and all that distraction, right. To really have like true focus. Um, it's probably why I meditate is to actually have better the ability to like focus on a subject or something for an extended period of time, um, which is also why I think like some of the Z health stuff is interesting, trying to have the eyes focus and stay on a point for at least 15 seconds. Uh, some people really won't, they won't turn their heads and actually keep it there. They'll just kind of look back. At, is that enough? You know, no, yeah. no, no, like stay like. Now we're going to go there and you're going to stay there for like, you know, or like I'll tell people like when I'm doing some of our um, mobility stuff too, you know, I think some of my people always think more better. So they'll be like, you want me to do like 10 of these like thoracic rotations? I'm like, no, I want you to do one and I want you to stay there. And I just want you to do that. Like, can you be still enough to slow through three or four breaths here and not yeah. want to like come out of the position? Cause that's like yoga, right? That's, that's why I don't know why people think that yoga is about stretching. Most of my clients that when I start doing yoga stuff with them, if you will, they're like, oh my gosh, this is hard. I'm like, yeah, it's not that you're not going to get stretchy from going to one yoga class, right? Like it's not going to all of a sudden make you magically mobile. It's the of coming to class like consecutively day after day that might turn someone into having more range of motion but it's, it's nothing special in that regards about the asanas or these postures that you're putting people into. 
in that regard, it could just be that they're actually doing something consistently daily, you know, weekly, that they're actually moving their body through some positions, whether they're perfect or optimal or not, you know, FRC, who cares, right? Like, it's just that maybe the person went too much at all to actually doing something. So I'm a, you know, I'm a big fan of trying to bridge the gap between like, you know, especially again, what FRC wants to define as like optimal joint articulating versus like, what if this person's like best effort is just them moving through hip extension, a little bit of abduction, right? How can I get that from them today? You know, how can I meet them where they're, where they're at? Right. Yeah. And, and so I look at it like something like, you know, like speaking of FRC, that's like a pretty big, uh, like foundation of mine. And so, you know, just the reality that people don't move their necks Mm -hmm. a whole lot. So then their brain doesn't have a solution for sudden neck movement. (laughs) You know what I mean? So then that's when their neck goes out is when they all of a sudden have to jerk their head to the right and their brain's like, wait, what the hell? And then all of a sudden tighten stuff up in order to protect it. Right. And so then it's like, well, how much time are you spending in those positions? How much, how valuable are those positions for you? Like what? what do we need to do in order to get you to accomplish your goal? Whether you're a a 60 year old who is one of my clients that I coach that just had knee surgery to like these 20 year olds that are just trying to get stronger. What's the difference? What do they need? They don't need the same thing. And depending on the day, they might need something completely different, you know? And like, that's where I think communication is really important. Like I had I had uh, one female client who came in the other day and was just like, look, I'm on my period and I feel like shit. And I'm like, cool, we're just going to do some light movement today. You know what I mean? Instead of just like being super shitty and frustrated and angry that I'm making you do hard things, we're just going to move and that's it. You know what I mean? And so there's some people that are like, hey, my day at work was really awful. And I'm like, cool, you don't need to be here then. You need to go home and walk your dog. That's what you need to do, you know? And so it's like, like not forcing your expectations on people, but like kind of meeting in the middle in this gray area. So that's like, that's what I feel is missing in today's society is that gray area, right? Everything's black or everything's white and that's it. Like you need optimum joint function. Well, you should probably have optimum nervous system function or optimum gut function. It just kind of depends (laughs) on what people need. And so well, I think that's just that that's, and it's a great example of like the art of coaching, right? So I, I always try to tell people like, I don't try to be too dogmatic. It has to be done like this. This is what we're doing today, right? This is what's on the sheet. This was, this is what's in the program, right? Like you have to be willing to realize that you're working with live humans in real time. And I try to explain to people that like, I'm going to ask you questions when you come in and probably roughly the same ones, but like part of that helps me sort of gauge where you're at emotionally, physically, mentally, like all those things. And sometimes that will trick me to maybe make a decision on the fly to change what I thought maybe we were going to work on your deadlift today. Cause we've been doing good about getting the form down. Now we're working on actually strength adaptations, building up some load capacity, you know, whatever, making it heavier, but clearly you said you were on your period today. Though I think actually lifting heavy weights when moon cycles is actually can be like can be beneficial I had read some science on it but 
it's not this, but if the person says, I don't feel like doing that, or I'm concerned that that's not what my body wants. Great. Let's use biofeedback, intuitive base sort of questioning to say, maybe what you need today is legs up the wall. Maybe you do need to go home and take your dog for a walk. Maybe we do need to just move through some gentle movement and maybe do some breathing stuff, help the nervous system still feel at peace. Let the brain realize that the external world is not one of, uh, you know, scariness and, and need to cause all the alarms to go off. Right. Cause most women do need a lot more rest and, um, I wouldn't say taken easy, but just a lot of rest. You tend to be extra fatigue when you're kind of going through that, that time of the month and whatnot. I also want to eat everything in sight. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey coach, can we go get like a little, you know, yeah. we maybe we just have a walk around the block and get a snacky snack. <laughs> right. Just kidding. Just get some coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's important with female clients, especially like as a male, Jesse, I feel like that's really good that you can let client. Like I, I, I tell people I'll say is like, are, are you feeling sore today? How are your hamstrings after like, you know, yes, the other day's session. And I'll be like, remember the, the right answer is the truth. It's, it doesn't mean that more soreness equals good, that that was somehow like what I was expecting. If I ask you where you're sore, it's because I'm curious where the movement had the most maybe adaptation for you. Like there's no right or wrong essence. It's me asking honest, you have more input or feedback that you'd like to give. Of course you can do that, but it's just, that's me navigating like how do we make our next steps? And that's me taking notes going, okay, interesting that we did that move yet. The person said they were sore here. I'm wondering if there's maybe like how you have like NKT under your belt. Maybe there's something that wasn't quite working correctly, or maybe I didn't realize how much that area was going to get such a, um, uh, an, an adaptation or a need, right. You know, like, so like I've been kind of sore, let's say like in my T-spine area, like um, mid back after actually doing deadlifts. I'm like, Oh, wow. Like, okay. I guess my ass is pretty strong today. Didn't yes. really feel it in the butt, but my upper back really needed that stimulus. Oh, fun. You know, and, and maybe it's not a deadlift. I would say probably more from some of my good mornings with the sand, with the ultimate sandbags. Um, yeah. when I have them in the front loaded position doing like hinging from there, cause that'll definitely put more of a stressor on that torso stabilization rather than maybe on the hip complex. Right. But, right. um, and so I think, but yeah, I think being able to have your clients and also like helping them realize that like, there's no shame in saying like, I feel a little tired under the weather. I'm not really sure about, you know, X, Y, Z or something like that, you know? And it's like, yeah, because like you said, this idea of like, go hard or go home. I, I get sick of that. Right. Or more is better. No, it's not like, you know, or, um, you have to be on the floor dying you know, like to me, I'm always like, I'll tell my clients, I hope that anybody else that functions energized and not depleted. Hopefully that's the goal. There's a little bit of like maybe energy uptick. I, you know, if, if they leave fatigued, I mean, it could also be that, like you said, like, yeah, there's still a, a, a point at which you might do something good that calms the system. Therefore the person actually might start to feel, you know, tiredness because all of a sudden bodies like, yes, we needed this parasympathetic state. We needed this rest. You know, it's really hard for what I do to take somebody who lives in 
a constant state of sympathetic, you know, output basically that has their needle being pushed constantly to that far edge. And then I say, you know what? I don't think today. So I always try to convince that client. Yeah. I don't really know about doing ball slams. I was thinking maybe we just do like, you know, mm, some meditation today. (laughs) I was thinking we'd get on the assault bike and have you go at like a low wattage and work on nasal breathing. Why don't we do that for like two, three minutes. You think, let's see how that goes, you know? Right. No, no, I'm ready to hit it. Let's go. Let's go. No, I don't. I mean, I'm going to disagree that that's not what your body needs, but there's the art of coaching, melding what people think they need with what they really need, giving them what they want when they, when what they want also is not something that you really think would benefit. It's such a hard dichotomy of like, like keeping people kind of like understanding like the whole reason why you Jesse are completely different than the guy next door or whatever down the street. Yeah. So so I started out in uh, mixed martial arts and then went to CrossFit and was just drinking that Kool-Aid for almost 10 years. And then, you know, the more I started diving into this education on the nervous system on, you know, how the human body functions and what mobility is and, you know, what strength is and like what we're doing, then the more I was like, what the hell am I coaching right now? And so that like got me into a lot of trouble with like the, the owner of the CrossFit gym, because I would just be like, why are we doing this? Why are these people here? Like a majority of these clients uh, that are coming in are paramedics. They just got off of a 48 hour oh, shift. Oh. And they're, you know, they worked oh 48 hours. What the hell are they doing CrossFit for? They need to like, maybe do like some, I don't even know, dead bugs, you know, just like rolling around on the ground. They need to do like simple bodybuilding. Primal, they do primal not, yeah. They do not need <laughs> yeah. this, like another threat response in their life. You know what I mean? And so then it got to the point where I was like, okay, so physical adaptation takes a long time, you know, similar to that uh, post that I did um, a couple months ago where I'm like, what, what's your plan? Like you aren't going to get to like CrossFit games level strength in a six week strength cycle. You're not going to, you know, just get a bunch of ankle mobility to make your overhead squat better or thoracic mobility just by doing the workout. You actually have to put work in on this stuff. And it started to come to a head where he's like, why aren't you coaching this person through an overhead squat? Well, they don't have good ankle mobility. They don't have good hip mobility. They have like their thoracic spine doesn't move at all. They have no throat flexion. And so he, I tried to talk him into at least doing front squats and he wouldn't do that. He had to do it with overhead squats. And so I'm just like, okay, do what you want. Like you're paying me, you do what you want. And so Well, they're like, but then he's, it's a day he's lifting dangerously. I'm like, he's not lifting dangerously because his body can't effectively support a load that would be dangerous. So he's fine. Like he's, he's just not going to be able to, you know, so then it just got into this big like argument over the quote unquote CrossFit standard and what this person's like capable of doing. And it just got to the point where I just had to go do my own thing you know, and it just was like, and it's been super rewarding ever since, because then you can like, then all of a sudden 
the when the client and the coach come together and they are they truly like trust each other then there's more adaptation that occurs <clears throat> over a shorter amount of time than just trying to like force it you know what i mean like like as an example like a squat right like i believe that squatting hip below parallel is a competition standard and if you're competing that's what we should be working towards but at that point that's where that ends. I don't care what your squat depth is, as long as you're squatting. You know what I mean? Like my mom, like it took her, I coached sure. my mom, it took her like three years to get to where yeah. she could squat two parallel. But now she can squat two parallel and she can get in and out of her truck, no problem. You know what I mean? She can like be a functioning human right. at 70 yeah. years old when most people over the age of 60 are at fall risk, you know? So it's like, that's what matters to me is making people more functional. So I don't know. I just kind of go off on these. It's definitely understanding. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely understanding. Like it's understanding your intention, right? Like I always feel like what happens nowadays with social media and the, and the, in the interwebs and how, you know, again, because of last year and the virus and people being maybe even spending more time in these platforms and in these, what I call fake realities is a lot of things are not contextual. You don't, you don't, you may not understand the intention. So you may have somebody posting a video of maybe their client doing something or whatever. And then if people don't understand the intention behind it, like you just said, like, if I'm working with general population people and I have somebody like your mom, who's like 65, which I do, I actually work with a lot of individuals that are above the age of 55. Most of them don't give a shit about how much they're putting on the bar, how much they're squatting. What they care about is the fact that their knees don't hurt anymore, or the fact that they can get in and out of the car, or the fact that they can get down to the ground, play with their grandkid and get up. I literally just had a client say like, because of all the stuff that you've been doing with my feet and my ankles and just moving her into different positions that she just doesn't get into often and practicing like all the different crawling stuff. She was like, I was, I felt like I could actually hang out with my grandchild and not feel a sense of fatigue or overwhelm or pain or whatever. That's it. That's the ticket. That's what that the intention behind all of the movements that we did and by no means does she have the perfect articulation of her hip, you know, perfect feet. She's, you know, 57, 58, whatever she is, like she is where she is. I'm not going to change the last 50 years of her life, you know, in a few sessions. Um, it's, it was, it was always about making sure that she just didn't feel like her back was hurting or whatever. And so yeah. that's intention, but you have a high level athlete so then I can go from working with that person. Then you have like a high level athlete who's looking at performance. That's a different setup. Like you said, like that's a different, um, it, there's going to be different intentions behind what you're, what you might be doing. And maybe an athlete in that regard also is allowed to do something without the most optimal form because they're not in a, in a situation of pain, what they're doing doesn't really cause them discomfort. Um, you know, Maybe they're biasing a little bit more spinal extension, but maybe they need that for producing for, for power production. Maybe they need all that back force transmission stuff. 
Um, what, what, are, what, how is what they're doing here going to translate into their sport? Now, if I have somebody who, I don't know, maybe if my athlete was back squatting for years with their, let's say the MLB guys that back squat with their team in the organization, and he's coming in and he's saying, well, you know, usually after a heavy leg day, yeah, I have a little bit of like, it's like tension in my back, but it's not like bad. Like it's no big deal. That's like normal. Right. And I'm like, actually it's not normal and it doesn't have to be that way. And if you don't want it to be that way, and if you really want to work on getting your hips stronger, if lifting weights is supposed to make you stronger, which is supposed to make you a better pitcher for rotation or throwing a ball, then like we got to make sure that the exercise selection is meeting that. Otherwise I don't, when I, what I hate about sometimes high school athletics or even college athletics. And now, you know, again, you get into these um, professional sports, they still seem to be drinking an old school thought paradigm that it's about putting as much weight on that bar and moving as much of that weight, that's that strength adaptation. It's going to transfer to sport. When we know like in sport, you're never going to be standing on two feet and go, okay, hold on. Let me just like pick this guy up and, and like get into a squat position. Like you're, I didn't even do that shin rugby. When I played rugby, you didn't, you're always in offset positions. You're always in off, off stance positions. You're, you're oftentimes in odd positions. You know, like FRC talks a lot about like an ankle sprain is not like for a basketball player, isn't going to happen when he's like in a perfect lunge, it's going to happen because he's changing direction. And you also probably have him in a piece of footwear that is less than optimal for his Achilles and other things to function in that way. Yeah. So and intention, that's what I was trying to say, right? It's all, it's all about your intention. So if you don't, I think you said it before too, it's like, if you don't understand what the client wants, if, if you're not really good at asking those questions and getting the deep dive of truly like, what is it that they're there for? What, how did they seek you out? What are they looking for? Um, you know, I'm getting to the point where I'm definitely not afraid to turn someone away. If I don't think that they understand, like if they, if they're trying to dictate something in a way that I'm like, well, that's really, I don't believe that to be beneficial. That's why I'm really trying not to coach you with that on that or work on that or something. And if I feel like then, then there's a situation where it feels like I could be maybe like, maybe they don't understand, they don't have the buy-in, there's some, something's not working, then I'm happy to go, you know, you can drive down Scottsdale Road right now and find five other places. Like, you yeah. don't have to come to Premier, but this is why you're here, because we don't do things that you see on the internet, or we do things differently, or what you've seen aren't interweb speed let's say on the facebook or wherever on our youtube platform you probably didn't get the contacts though you saw the physical maybe application of it, you weren't truly coached through it to have a deeper understanding of like what is the purpose what's the intention behind doing this hip mobility flow or whatever so then it's oops then it's um then it's just trying to figure that out and how to communicate that to that person Right. Which okay. communication, Jesse, is a whole nother subject we totally. can get into. Yeah. <laughs> right? How many people need help with communication? <laughs> everyone. And like, you know, I've been um, with my wife for eight years and we've been married for three and we are constantly working on it, like constantly. And it's it really helps me like with my clients. Like, so in especially when I'm starting to do like the really complicated stuff, like, especially on the massage table, I have to be able to clearly articulate what's going on and why and how this is benefiting them. 
You know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. why aren't we lying on the ground covered in sweat, not able to breathe or function? Because it's not necessary for the most part. You know what I mean? Like you're, um, you know, uh, like there's a, you know, Taylor Starch. Uh, he's a athlete yeah. down there. Yeah. So he posted something that I thought was really powerful the other day where he said life is aerobic. Like if your life is anaerobic. Yeah. yeah then you're yeah. having a, you have a rough life, yeah. man. Like, and so, yeah, yeah. That, that, and know. that's why you, that's why you even said too, that's why you said CrossFit, the, the, the Kool-Aid was this anaerobic Kool-Aid. And for those people listening, I don't know what anaerobic is. Again, you cannot live with your foot on the gas pedal to the floor every day, all day. You have right. to let the gas pedal come up. You've got to learn how to slow it down. You're not, you got to learn how to use fucking cruise control at like a schmedium. <laughs> Right. At a schmedium pace, as I like to call, right? right? I love doing aerobic stuff with some of my older people. Are you kidding me? That's why having them get on the bike and do three to five minutes at a low wattage, it's like, you mean you can't breathe through your nose? You're This is like you briskly walking down the street. This is a task that should be done in a calm state of mind and calming right equals nasal breathing. That's how I create calmness in the system. And then actually to that point, Jesse, that's what I was going to say. It's like, then is the exercise truly beneficial if all you're ever doing is spending time in the anaerobic zone? Right. If the only, if everything that you do, let's say in the gym is pedal to the metal, if that's a good analogy for those that are listening, pedal to the metal all the time, every time, pedal to the metal, 120%, 120%. We, we know, you and I know that what that can mean is that I'm constantly in a state of fight or flight, that I'm probably mouth breathing, which internally is then creating a cascade of hormones, which is upticking cortisol and adrenaline and a lot of these fight or flight hormones, which can create a, a these are all stress hormones, right? The, that can lead to chronic states of stress, right? So it's not yeah. acute stress. We know that stress is good. We know that adaptations, strength adaptations, you know, you have to stress the system in order to get better, but let's look at how we're doing it in the context to which I, like I said before, we're doing it and whether or not, like you even said, like there's that variability, right? Are you getting that variability? Are you changing how fast and how long you're doing something for? Or yeah, Taylor's a great person because he talks a lot about just th this misconception in our industry, in the fitness industry, um, you know, that prevails and, and probably yeah. will continue to prevail because it's a very muddled, it's, a, it's a, what I used to love is, um, I don't know if you know, Josh Henkin from ultimate sandbag. When yeah. I, when I worked for their company, what I really loved is that one of the things we taught in our level one certification, when I would teach these level one and level two certs is a little bit of the history the gym and I think that that's important like if we go back into the history of fitness that we've gotten away from being laborious people like our jobs that we do every day do not require as much physical labor right machines have placed certain jobs and then on top of that now we're on machines all the time so the gym was like this like offset invention if you will that you had to go to a place that had a bunch of metal and you had to pick it up 
a lot of times over and over again in order to just start to even aesthetically look as though you're strong. So that's right. like your Arnold days, right? Like the early Olympic lifting uh, or, or, or um, uh, figure competition, like you know, strongman competition stuff. And then along came also aerobics and jogging. So that was kind of like the second part to that, right? Aerobics and jogging and, and um, <laughs> the whole, like, like the, you know, the, the outfit that would, people would wear with the sweatbands. Yeah. That came about when we learned that cardiovascular disease was, a, was, on, was on the rise and was a huge prevalence. So then you started having a lot of doctors prescribing and saying, you need to do cardiovascular, which is what Taylor Starch was saying. We need to work on our aerobic capacity. Cardiovascular exercise is done mostly in those aerobic zones, hence it being great for my heart. Right. And so it's like, that's probably the easiest and first muscle that you should be concerned about as we age versus what you, what you see in the mirror. Like that's all like a byproduct. Like you said, like, I feel like the older clientele I work with, you know, the joke is like the older you get, the wiser you get, the older people understand that it's more about this true functionality. Like, what is it that I'm doing here with Paige that's going to transfer over into my everyday life? And just make me feel better about myself on the inside and outside from a physical, I don't, you know, physical, like, uh, do I have pain? Do I not have pain? You know, but then also emotionally, I always like to think that my women have a sense of confidence and a little bit more courage um, after learning how to kind of lift weights and feeling um, actually physically feeling strong and like that their body is able and equipped, especially a lot of my postpartum uh, post-pregnancy women that just really don't want their back to hurt, but then they realize like, wow, like I feel strong. I feel strong for my kids. You know, and that's, I guess that can be seen as like a, um, uh, like an analogy. It's like ironic. It's like I, there's every pun intended in that, right. Not only physically can they pick their child up and feel safe and comfortable about doing that, but then they can also like teach their children maybe a little something about the idea of like taking care of yourself and like you know just uh, taking care of your physical body what does that look like mom's going to her appointment with Paige today hi coach Paige you know as I had a client like I mean her kids would like they like knew me and they associated me with mom feeling happy and excited so it was kind of a it's kind of a cool relationship in that way Right. And man, there's a lot to unpack there. You gotta, <laughs> I love the rants, but uh, so, Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. It's great. So like one thing is uh, mm. people want fitness to be exciting and it's not like you're really doing like maybe nine yeah, different movements yeah. with different variations. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're doing cardio stuff for long periods of time. It's not exciting. You know what I mean? So I think people yeah. desperately want it to just be <laughs> yeah. like, this is the most exciting part of my day. It's not. You're going to probably do lunge variations. You're probably going to do pressing variations. You're probably <laughs> going to get up and off the ground. You're going to carry some stuff and you're going to do an hour's worth of cardio. And, you know, like it's, uh, and I also think that's that, why I tell jokes in my session. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, that's why it's a, it's a good time. Like, you know, I break, I try to break up all the seriousness. <laughs> totally. And it's, uh, you know, the other thing, the one thing that I learned um, from CrossFit is that women have a really hard time believing in themselves. And so when you can 
break that barrier and a woman starts believing in themselves, they're just freaking unstoppable, man. Like, it's crazy. But like, you know, they just think that they can't be strong. But I'm like, hey, I'm the strongest dude in the gym right now. And I'm barely holding it together with the CrossFit Games women. Okay. Like, that's a thing. And so what I would do, you know, like, especially like when, uh, like, everybody has a pattern in which they load the barbell, right? So on one rep max days, I would start to load the female barbells. So they couldn't figure out on the fly how much weight was on there. And they would end up PRing by like 50, 75 pounds. And I'm just like, you just lifted 250 pounds. You're like, what the, no shit. And I'm like, yeah, like you just have to try. Like, and then once they start, once they start getting there, (laughs) then they start getting there. You know what I mean? And so then they're Mm -hmm. like, like I had a client just join me recently where I was like, Hey, we're going to do single arm bent over rows with a 25 pound dumbbell. She's like 25 pounds. And I'm like, Oh yeah, 25 pounds. (laughs) I just love that answer. (laughs) Oh, that's, I don't know. (laughs) I know. And so my, and then that's what just, that's when I'll go believe me if I say you can do it you can do it if I'm telling you that's the way I want you to pick up trust that I know because I'm your coach okay and so my other favorite part (laughs) so uh the guy that I run this gym with he um has been a kettlebell instructor for years and so we just have all of these competition kettlebells that are all in kilos it's my favorite because they're all the same size they all just have numbers on them And so they're just like, oh, I'm lifting yep, yep, 10 pounds. Yep. And I'm like, nope, you're lifting 22 pounds. You're like, what? Oh my God. And you're like, see, you just like, you just have to do this weird shift called believe in yourself and you can accomplish anything you want to do. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a. Uh, that's, it's, well, that's funny because it, it reminds me of like the placebo effect and everything, you know, and like uh, there's that book called Dr. or the biology of belief by uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton. I don't yeah. know if you've read that. Um super cool book because like what you're saying is like I might have thought that that was 10 pounds because all I see is the number 10 on that bell you know it's like you said it's in kilos so you have to time that by 2.2 which really means it's 22 pounds right and so I'm like taking this placebo of thinking that it's 10 and I'm like oh I got this yeah because I've done 10 before and next thing you know I'm doing just as many reps if not more or whatever and like all under a false pretense but now I'm completely mind blown because when you tell me the truth of the reality that like that was actually 22 then all of a sudden you realize like it's like you said it's not even just women it can be people or humans that hold themselves back by not realizing like how much like actual like mental resilience courage bravery strength all of that like can can just come out that's why I, I mean, I love the way you're saying like, it's, it's a tricky way of getting people to actually do more than what they expected of themselves and then be completely blown away when they, when they, they kind of drop their expectations again, or they lower <laughs> only to exceed that, right. you know, it's, a, so it's a mastery the, of trickery that you do there, Jess, because it's a good kind. Yeah. Lowered expectations aren't a bad thing. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a, uh, like when I would tell like, yeah, when I would, uh, you know, be coaching these women, I'd be like, the worst that's going to happen is you're going to fail. That's it. It's the worst yeah. that's going to happen. Yeah. You'll just pick it up. Be, like, be okay mm, with failure. 
yeah. And so it doesn't mean that you're a failure. It just means that you found your ceiling and that's what we're going to work on next time. That's all it means. So like, you know, I keep using this podcast as an example for people. Like I was on episode number 32 and my podcast guest was like, how come you don't have a microphone? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you're a podcaster now. And I'm like, oh, I need a microphone. <laughs> like, but I just, I just started the podcast because I was, I was, had this thirst for knowledge and I, we live in this age of information where you can like literally contact anybody and be like, Hey, you want to have a conversation? And the answer is either yes or no. And most of the time people say yes. And so then you're like, Oh shit, what do I ask these people? Because like, I don't know what they know. And I know that other practitioners or other coaches have the same questions. And so I'm just going to post it so everybody can listen. And then 32 episodes in, I'm like, oh shit, yeah. I need a microphone because I'm a podcaster now. <laughs> and so like, but the people are always like, well, I need the studio and I need the soundproofing stuff on the walls and I need the perfect microphone and I need the headphones and I need that. I'm like, you don't need any of that stuff. I just had a shitty app on my phone that I, that would record our conversations. And then I moved up to Zoom because that app stopped working. And then, you know, cause I had two podcast episodes that are just lost in the ether that were like the most amazing conversations ever because that yeah. app decided to fail and I was like fuck you know and then you just find new solutions to those failures that work out even better and so it's just it's uh, well and just, I think that's like maybe even how we were talking about before with people like the characteristic or mindset of like I'm doing this for money how can I earn more money whereas I'm doing this for fulfillment and true satisfaction working with people on this case you have like two people that one is like I'm okay with just starting where I'm at and with whatever I got because I'm like ready to go and I just want to get started and I just want to get some practice under my belt and other people are like yeah I want to get started but I think that I need all these other things to actually make it a success and we just you know you you get stuck between like people that I think again like kind of way from conditioning early childhood or whatever like perfectionism actually can stop people from actually starting to make actual efforts efforting and actually trying right because they just oh it's it's not all the right parts are in play but we I mean we do know that life doesn't work that way so a lot of times it's get started meet yourself where you're at find your limit like you're saying or your ceiling or just know where your bait, what I call knowing your baseline, even the only way to get better is to practice. And as you practice, you progress. And then, then you start creating a process of refinement, which makes it way better. But like, I think even just again, in the world of coaching, I used to not let people do things because I thought, well, they can't do them. Like you said earlier, like, oh, I tested the thoracic mobility. It's shit. So they're not going to be able to do that. I'm not going to have them do that. They can't do that. And then like in the last several years, I've started to shift a little bit with that thought process. And I've kind of come back to saying, what if like I let them do it because like something is better than nothing. And innately, I know that it's not, I always, it's more like a risk versus reward, right? So if the risk is low, like why not let them practice going through thoracic rotation as much as they can today? What if I just use that as an opportunity to watch the way they're moving on today? Maybe they'll surprise me. Maybe they'll do the movement better than I anticipated, even though all my assessments and other processes tell me that they won't. 
And then it's like, it's tough because <laughs> then you can go back to social media and be like, do I post this? Do I not put, I mean, my client's not doing it perfectly. So I'm either going to get a bunch of backlash that like, supposedly I'm putting up videos or pictures of people being the asshole that like has their clients doing shit that like doesn't even look good because it's not correct. And then like, I don't know, right now I'm going through a mental shift of like, but is, is that okay? Like, isn't that okay? If you're not truly at risk of damaging them or hurting themselves, um, then why not let people just do what, what I call what feels good or what they even think they like, I say this, especially for all the golfers, because so many of do rotational based movement wing. And I also don't have hips that are mobilized enough to where they can't stabilize enough to where they can't load correctly, but it's the art of coaching and you're working with people. So it's like, okay, I'll let them do a little like T-spine mobility drill that, you know, makes them kind of feel like it's golfish and kind of talk a little bit about thoracic mobility, or at least talk about their external location of their, their arm and their backswing and how that could relate. Right. Uh, Pedro, I really like this. Oh, it's a good one. You know, and, and then I just, I'll shake my head and be like, oh, God. But that, that's people. It's that social media trap, man. Like everybody's like, well, this is how you squat. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, that's how you squat. It's not how other people squat. Like people are squatting the way that they squat. You know what I mean? And so that's kind of where I'm at. Like, you know, let, yeah. like, you know, like with the overhead squat thing, like why, you have to tell me why you want to do that so bad. And just because yeah. it's written down on the board isn't a good answer. Right, 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 right. You know what I mean? And so like, you know, and then, you know, you keep bringing up this money thing, which I think is like super interesting because we all go through that trap of wanting to make money. That's why we're doing this. But it's not the main reason why. But sometimes oh, yeah. that money like oh, overwhelms yeah. the why but then once you get back to what you're truly doing it for, then the money just comes. And so it's like this constant balance between, you know, like I've been so busy since January minus March because everybody's gone for spring break, but like, you know, oh yeah, I have like a couple days of downtime and I'm like, oh shit, my business is failing. <laughs> and it's like no you just have some downtime it's okay dude like you still have people coming in it's just like you know we probably have another hour to talk about just like the business aspect of it and just the emotional roller coaster of kind of being your own business of just being like some days where you're just like god i'm so tired and then the other days where you're like shit i'm gonna go broke and die in a gutter like <laughs> it's just this huge, <laughs> crazy roller coaster all the time it's nuts well you know and we just like we just recently hired somebody new on staff here and you know he doesn't have necessarily all the certifications and education that most of us on staff have gone through so the lens that he's viewing his programming is definitely different And he's also what I would call like very green. And it reminded me, it reminds me of myself in my early twenties. And when I was just starting, it really was like, yeah, my mindset probably was like, do as much as I can as you know, and, and earn as much money as I could, because I was trying to get established and start. But now, you know, you have the seniority, if you will, or you have the wisdom now to say, okay, I page have been doing this for 10 years. So now I'm ready to shift my energy into 
what, who are the clients that I truly like working with? How do I want to call that in, you know, and how can I kind of demonstrate that I have those solutions and trust that, like you said, that when I like, probably because I'm, I'm a, I don't want to say yogi, but, but because I'm tapped into my intuition, I get so much joy, fulfillment and satisfaction out of working with somebody who's saying, wow, like, I feel good. This is cool. I really like this. And they're giving all me the verbal affirmations that like this team that we've created them and myself is really great. How much that person is paying me, how much I'm making within that hour, not even come into my field of energy. I completely get totally ecstatic that they're having a good time, that they, that they're enjoying the process. And that makes me want to come back to that hour again and again, and again, but I wouldn't, if you would have asked me that at age 22, that's not how I would have felt because I was so new in the beginning. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm going to, yeah, I'm getting, I, yeah, I'm really, yeah. I'm going to teach people how to like do the perfect squat. Like you said, like they probably all had the, every single client I must've worked with at 22 probably had the same cues on their squat because I was trying to fit everybody into a box. Cause I was just like, yeah, I'm a trainer now and I'm going to make people do squats. But now it's like, Julie's doing squats her way and Harold's got them on this way. And I'm cueing and saying these verbal things. I'm putting my hands on him in this way. It's, it's different. It's different, you know, which is probably why one-on-one training is still a little bit of a dinosaur, but I still think it's super necessary because you're the group, the group setting is, can be challenging when you have people that basically have 10 different body types in front of it, that no two femurs are the same length that being said then no two people are going to squat the same yeah exactly so man well we could go on for another couple hours probably but uh i know you got you're short on time and i gotta let you go uh where can people find you um like i said my name is coach page you can find me on instagram at ultimate underscore lady underscore badass um, you can also visit um, my website is www.premierfitnesssystems.com. Um, or if you really want to get a hold of me, the best way is probably just send me a direct email, which is coachpagepfs at gmail.com. Because I love having personal conversations. I'm not a robot. So yeah, absolutely. Look me up. For hit sure. up in my DM. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then next time I'm down there, I'll hit you up and, you know, hit me up. Oh, Jesse, I'm flag. coming to Flagstaff in August. Get there. You better, be you better keep your calendar open. I'll... It's open. Yeah. Hit me up like a couple I'll weeks before. Thank you so much for having me. What a lovely conversation. Absolutely. Thank okay. you so much for coming Sounds on. Good. We'll talk again soon.